Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. When we closed last week's broadcast, we were talking about spiritual intimacy in marriage. Let's continue there today. You know, spiritual growth is much like marital growth. It takes time, open communication, and commitment. Spiritual growth is the result of our cooperating with the Holy Spirit's work within us. In our own efforts, we cannot attain to Christ-likeness. It is only as we allow God's Spirit freedom to work in our lives that He can produce the qualities of Christ in us. Paul speaks of this process when he says in Romans 12, Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Spiritual growth is a process whereby our old thought patterns are transformed into new thought patterns and it doesn't happen overnight. We receive new life the moment we receive Christ as Savior, but the spiritual growth process involves our cooperation with the Holy Spirit and allowing the attitudes of Christ to become our attitudes. Our responsibility is to offer our lives as living sacrifices to Christ, thus allowing Him to perfect His plan in us. You know, spiritual intimacy does not require that both husband and wife be at the same level of spiritual growth. However, spiritual intimacy does require a willingness to share something of our own spiritual pilgrimage with each other. And for some people, that is not easy. One husband said, I know that I should talk to my wife about spiritual things, but when our relationship is not right in other areas— it feels hypocritical to start talking about God and the Bible. His statement illustrates the truth that the spiritual cannot be separated from the rest of life. If we have not developed some degree of emotional, intellectual, and sexual intimacy, it may be extremely difficult to talk about spiritual things. However, spiritual intimacy may begin by confession of our failures in these areas and turning to God together asking Him to help us build not only spiritual intimacy, but total intimacy in our marriage. Genuine spiritual intimacy always faces problems realistically and honestly. If each of you can have personal spiritual renewal, then together with the help of God, you can begin to experience spiritual intimacy, which will radically affect intimacy in every other area of life. Sometimes one partner may feel spiritually inferior and will have a tendency to draw back from spiritual intimacy. They do not know the Bible as well as their spouse. They have not been a Christian nearly as long. They did not grow up in a Christian home. Or they are sometimes embarrassed in a Bible study class when they are asked specific questions about the Bible. To talk about spiritual things is to run the risk of being embarrassed. Thus, their emotional coping mechanism is simply to avoid anything related to the spiritual. From a psychological point of view, 
This is easy to understand. From a spiritual perspective, however, it can stifle growth. Another reason some couples have found it difficult to develop spiritual intimacy is that past efforts have proven painful. As one husband said, We tried talking about the Bible, and it always ended up in an argument. Typically, such arguments are followed by withdrawal and an unwillingness to discuss spiritual matters in the future. Because we are individuals with different mindsets, we sometimes disagree on interpretation and application of Scripture. This is inevitable because we are human. Spiritual intimacy does not require that we agree on all spiritual thoughts. It does require that we are willing to share our thoughts and receive the thoughts and experiences of others with an accepting attitude. Acceptance does not necessarily mean agreement. Acceptance recognizes that we are all growing and that growth involves change. My interpretation of a particular Bible passage today may change six months down the road as more biblical truth is revealed to me. Acceptance means that you give me the freedom to be where I am today even though you may disagree with my present interpretation. Ultimately, we are not after agreement. We are after spiritual growth, that is, both of us becoming more like Christ. As we draw nearer to Christ, we will draw nearer to each other, and our goal of spiritual intimacy will be accomplished. Underlying all of these hindrances to spiritual intimacy is the fact that we have a spiritual enemy. Satan opposes both spiritual growth and spiritual intimacy. If he can keep us floundering in this area of life, he will cripple our effectiveness for God in the world. Whatever method is effective with us, Satan will use it as long as it is effective in hindering spiritual intimacy. 1 John 4.4 tells us that the Holy Spirit within us is greater than the spirit of Satan, and that's good news. All other aspects of our marriage are deepened or diminished by our relationship with God. Thus, spiritual intimacy should be a priority for Christians. As the psalmist reminds us, Unless the Lord builds a house, its builders labor over it in vain. Well, how can we have a growing sense of spiritual intimacy? Well, we're going to look at five practical avenues that Dr. Gary Chapman says that if worked into the fabric of a marriage, these will develop spiritual intimacy. The first is conversation. Spiritual intimacy is strengthened when a couple talks and listens during discussions about spiritual matters. Notice the word I used is talk, not preach. Preaching to your spouse does not enhance spiritual intimacy. It will almost always close the door. In preaching, you are proclaiming, Thus saith the Lord. Listen to me, and I will tell you what God wants you to do, Those are words of the preacher, and most of us do not respond positively when our spouse becomes our preacher. The emphasis on talking is on sharing with each other what God is doing in our lives, how we are understanding His voice to us through Scripture and the Holy Spirit, and the changes in our attitudes and behavior because we have heard His word. Talking is a means of letting the other person into our heart. 
into our inner thoughts about God and into our relationship with God. Most of us are willing to receive such information when it is not accompanied by a sermon. Well, here are some practical ideas to get your conversation started. Number one, once a week, share with each other one thing you have read in the Bible, why it impressed you, and how you are trying to apply the verse to your life. Number two, after attending a worship service, share with each other one thing you found helpful or encouraging from the sermon. And don't waste your time discussing the things you didn't like. Number three, select a book on Christian living. Read one chapter a week and share with each other one thing you found helpful in the chapter that you are trying to apply to your life. Number four, Share one question you have about an aspect of the Bible or Christian living. Attentively listen as your spouse shares any insights about your question. Remember that listening is fully as important as talking. When your spouse shares something with you, listen attentively. Focus on them with eye contact, nodding the head, leaning forward, and so forth. Be accepting and not condemning of what they are sharing. Accept what they share as simply their ideas at the moment. If you have a different interpretation of the passage and feel compelled to share it, share it as your interpretation, not as the latest word from God or from Dr. So-and-so. That is the fastest way to stop communication about spiritual ideas. When you share your spiritual insights, talk about how these insights are helping you in your life not how you wish your spouse would apply this idea in their life. Leave room for the Holy Spirit to work in the heart of your mate, and don't try to do God's work for him. One wife said, I would talk about spiritual things if I thought my husband was interested, but I'm not going to compete with the TV. Her statement draws attention to the need for a covenant agreement between husband and wife to discuss spiritual issues. A couple cannot build spiritual intimacy unless both spouses are willing to commit to walk the road together. The quality of my listening will either build up or discourage my wife's willingness to talk. One husband with what I'll call a a Dead Sea personality complained, I wouldn't mind discussing spiritual things, but the conversations tend to get lengthy and I don't have time to do my other responsibilities. This is a sincere and legitimate concern on the part of some. The comment may be couched in humor, but the concern is very real. One answer to such a problem is to agree on time limits for any given discussion. Mr. Dead Sea will be more enthusiastic about giving undivided attention as his wife talks for 10 or 15 minutes if he knows that it will not develop into a two-hour conversation. Do not feel that you can share only the areas of spiritual life in which you are becoming more Christ-like. You know, spiritual intimacy does not demand spiritual perfection. Well, our time is gone for today. I invite you to join me on Monday mornings at 10 a.m. on my Mutual Understanding Method Facebook page for some live teaching on relationships. If you're not a Facebook user, Or if the time is inconvenient, you can go to my website, 
mutualunderstanding.net and click on the Mum Live tab to view the recorded teachings. Be safe and have a great Christmas. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.